Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Sheridan Scoreboard, a division of the Sheridan Sun podcast bringing you the latest sports news. I'm one of your hosts, TJ Deer. And I'm your other host, Gabby Estevez. For those of you who missed our last episode, TJ and I will be looking deeper into the biggest sports stories at Sheridan and around the professional world of sports. During each episode, we'll go over the latest updates from the Sheridan Bruins sports teams, and we'll also be updating you on the latest sports news from around the world. Each episode will feature a hot topic that's been making the biggest headlines from the sports world. And without further ado, let's jump straight into the action. Every episode, we'll start off with the latest news regarding the Sheridan Bruins sports teams, and we'll go over the Bruins' last matchups and preview their next ones. We'll kick things off with the women's and men's volleyball teams, who are in action on Thursday night taking on the Conestoga Condors at home. The Bruins are hosting their annual Bell Let's Talk game to fight mental illness in Canada. The volleyball teams ended up with mixed fortunes. The women's team played first and they managed to win 3-1 after losing the opening set, but the Bruins rebounded to win their next three in a fierce battle. Tamia Cooper-Evelyn was Sheridan's primary attacker, scoring a team-high 19 points, 18 of which came from kills. Rachel Abrahams and Celine Blanchett picked up team-high totals in digs with 16. The win gives the Bruins a record of 7-8, and eight, moving into a tie with Redeemer for 6th place in the OCAA West Division. The men's match followed, and the Bruins could not copy the women's team's result. The Bruins lost 3-0 and have continued to struggle this season. Marcus Amadzai led the way for the Bruins with a team-high 11 points and 10 digs. Liam Bacheret picked up a team-high 11 digs in the loss. The Bruins' record is now 6-9 and nine on the season, which places them in 8th place in the OCAA West Division. Moving on to basketball, the women's and men's basketball teams played on Saturday at home to the Redeemer Royals, and once again the Bruins experienced mixed fortunes. The women's team kicked things off with a huge 81-59 win. Devin McKenzie scored a game-high 19 points, while also picking up a team-high 8 rebounds. Teresa Brown picked up 11 points and 7 rebounds in a supporting role. Thanks to the win, the Bruins' record is now 9-4, moving them into a tie with Lambton for 4th place in the OCAA West Division. The men's match followed, and the Bruins lost a heartbreaker 93-89. Despite the loss, there are positives for the Bruins. Nick Campbell was unstoppable, scoring a game-high 41 points. Campbell was 12-22 and 22 from the field and went 6-9 and nine from three-point territory. Jamal Edwards scored 12 points and picked up a team-high eight rebounds. The Bruins are now 11-4 on the season and are tied with St. Clair for third in the OCAA West Division, although St. Clair does have a game in hand. Coming up next for the Bruins volleyball teams is a doubleheader at Mohawk to play the Mountaineers on Wednesday night starting at 6 p.m. By the time this episode of the scoreboard is published, those matches will have already been completed. Mohawk's women's team is 9-6 and six on the year and 4th in the OCAA West Division, whereas the men's team has a record of 7-8 and eight and is in 6th place in the West Division. The Bruins basketball teams will travel to Fanshawe on Thursday night to play the Falcons. Tip-off for the women's match is 6 p.m. with the men's teams playing at 8 p.m. Fanshawe's women's team is 1st place in the OCAA West Division with the record of 14-1. Their men's team is 9-5 and five on the season and in 5th place in the OCAA West Division. And that's the latest from the Sheridan Bruins. For a more detailed analysis of the Bruins' results and upcoming matches, make sure you tune in to Bruins All Access Friday mornings at 10 a.m. on Sheridan Life Radio. When we come back, we'll go over the latest from the Big Four Pro Leagues as well as the latest soccer news. Now let's take a look at the latest results from the Big Four North American Pro Leagues, but we'll kick things off with the latest from the world of soccer. Gabby? 
So after months, and I mean months, of there being rumors of Manu and Bruno Fernandez, you know, they they went ahead with the transfer fee last week, and then he played his first game in the starting lineup on, I believe it was Sunday or Saturday, but it was this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he did okay. I don't know. Yeah, it was on sa- it was on um it was on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. so because they drew, they, it was a nil nil draw against, against Wolverhampton. Wolf. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so did, do you think he lived up to the hype or no? I feel like the fans for Man U, like I follow a lot of them on Twitter, and they've been excited for months to have him play for them. And I just I've seen him play because I've seen him play in Portugal, and like I just he's he's okay. I feel like there are so many players that are better than him. Do you think he's not worth the? The 80 million euros that Man U paid. No, and here's why. Because a thing about him playing in Portugal, why he looked so good, is because, and I can fully say this, like, there's so much corruption in Portuguese soccer. Like, Bruno Fernandes, last season and the season before, did not receive a single yellow card. But if you watched his games, he was fouling all the time. Really? Okay. All the time. Anytime a player would go near him, yellow card. Interesting. Anytime he go near a player, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Huh. So it was a, sort of like a, sort of like the golden boy, if you will. Like anytime someone went near him, like barely touched him, they give a yellow. Yeah. Interesting. Kind of reminds me of, um, uh, of of how sort of the, the NHL was treating Sidney Crosby when he first came in. I don't know if that's just me, but they sort of were a little more protective of him. I don't know. I, I, that's just that's just what I feel. And same thing with sort of when, yeah, that's that's really the only example that comes to mind. I don't know if that's sort of the same thing. I, I think it's about the same thing. Like, um, I saw the stats for the... I didn't watch the menu game, but I did see the stats at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, like, all his passes were good, and he had three shots on target and all this stuff. And it's like, I mean, that's not that impressive. Interesting. I feel like there are so many people that play his position that are better. Like, I personally think Kevin De Bruyne is so much better. Oh, he than is. Absolutely. Brilliant for Man City. Who else do you think is a better player than Fernandez? Um... I think Bernardo Silva, but I don't think he's necessarily the same position. Not really, no. I do think Luka yeah. Modric, although he's not as good as he was a couple of years ago, yeah. he's still better than Bruno Fernandes. Really? Okay. I Interesting. I, I, I would Like you said, I think he has declined in quality a little bit, but I, I don't know. I haven't seen Bruno Fernandes play in Portugal, so I wouldn't know, but uh, I do think Modric's best years are behind him, and there were mm-hmm. rumors that he would be going to MLS or something. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen sometime soon or not, but we'll see. We'll see. Oh, what Tony Cruz is also better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, but going back to Bruno Fernandez, funny you mentioned the yellow cards, actually. He was caught, he was given a yellow in the 55th minute. So his very first game, he gets a yellow. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, EPL. <laughs> <laughs> I want to find out who that referee was. Let's see. I'll Paul send him Tier- flowers. Paul Tierney. There you go. Oh, he's getting a muffin basket from me. <laughs> Um, and then now there's this, uh, another story regarding Neymar. What's up there? So apparently um, he's injured, which is not a surprise. This is going to be his fifth year in a row where he's injured around the time where his birthday is coming up. Oh, wow. It's fifth year in a row. At some, po- at some point, you got to wonder what's going on here. I feel like they must have seen it coming. Yeah. Like, I... he does it all the time. Apparently for his sister's birthday as well. Like, I believe her birthday is in March. And he's always sick huh. for when it's her birthday as well. Interesting. And this sort of comes after um, he celebrated his birthday at a Paris nightclub on Sunday, um, an event that PSG manager Thomas Tuchel said that he was unhappy with. He disapproved that of that. So, oh yeah, did you see it? Yes, his I game? did. Yeah. Oof. 
he was yelling at the ref in like Portuguese <laughs> and he's like, you're giving me a yellow yeah, card yeah, for yeah. playing for playing football. Yeah. And the ref's like, speak French. And yeah. he's like, speak French. My oh, can I say this? No, you can't say okay. that. <laughs> no. Well, he, he, he used well, some. Well, it's a good thing you caught yourself though. So. He used some color words. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> Interesting. Because, I mean, as we covered a couple weeks ago, it's only a matter of time before he leaves for Barcelona. And I think he tried to leave last summer as well. I think so as well. Yeah. If, if I mean, when he does leave, how much do you think he'll fetch? Because Barcelona are pretty cash-strapped right now. They've tried to... I feel like PSG, like, they, it's like a love-hate relationship. I feel like they kind of want to get rid of him as well because, like, he's just been disrespecting the club mm -hmm. for so long. But it's also, like, he does give them results. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I feel like the... Le Obviously, he's going to cost a lot of money yeah. regardless. Mm -hmm. But maybe they won't get him for as much as they originally plan like planned to if he was like respecting the club right. like, if you get what i'm trying to say yeah no i understand that because i mean his the the transfer from barca to psg cost over 200 million euros there's not they're not getting mm -hmm. anywhere near that this time around i can't remember if he's the most expensive he or is. second most expensive it was the most, most expensive okay. yeah by a long way so uh he, yeah his his transfer is the only one north of 200 million euros so because yeah. ron felix is the third most expensive transfer yeah. and he was 126. yeah and then the Mbappe transfer from Monaco to PSG was second. So, oh, I mean, how much was that one? Oh yeah, Neymar was two hundred and twenty-two million. Oh, years. there you go. Yeah, not worth it in no, my opinion. No, no way. Yeah, and we, and we talked about this last week as well. Um, Kylian Mbappe, he was actually uh, in the news recently as well. He was pretty angry when PSG manager Thomas Tuchel took him off in their last match. Like he was having this like huge like exchange with him on the sideline. Yeah, line. why was he not playing well, or was he? Just I don't know what it was. Trying to arrest him. I, I think that that must have been it because, I mean, from the way, I mean, I didn't see the match, obviously, but I heard about it. And, I mean, Kylian Mbappe is one of those, like, really, really genuinely good players. Mm -hmm. And he's only, what, 23 or something like that. Mbappe's 21, actually. Yeah, 21. He's my age. Yeah, so, I mean. Crazy. It's nuts. <laughs> I, mean, and, I mean, I get that you'd want to play more. I, I, I get it. But at some point, something's got to give. Also, Champions, I mean, Champions League is next month, but. Yeah. So, I mean. It can't, I don't think it's a question of like arresting him. I think it's just one of those things where they were probably like winning. But did they win that game? Uh, let me see. I think they did because, I mean, they've been tearing up France. You know, like no one's even close to them. Also, Mbappe's transfer was $145 million yeah. plus 35 in bonuses. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was a league match against Montpellier and they won 5 0. Yeah. So, so just I mean, one of those things. It's like, okay, let's, let's let him breathe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,. So it was in the 68th minute where he was substituted for Mauro Icardi. Um, this was after he scored a goal 11 minutes earlier. So pretty interesting because, I mean, he was playing well. He clearly scored a goal. So it was just a matter of, listen, we're up by... Listen, at that point, they were up 4-0. So at that point, they just figured, let's mm -hmm. take the pressure off him and we'll get some other guys on. And it was Mauro Icardi who is a decent player. I mean, obviously nowhere near as good as Mbappe, but he's still not, he's still capable of performing. Um, so what's the going on in, uh, with Cristiano Ronaldo? He scored this weekend, um, and now he has 50 goals for Juventus. Interesting. So the half, cent half century mark, they're calling yeah, it. Yeah, and this was against their match against Fiorentina. They won 3-0 on Sunday. Um, that does sort of extend their gap at the top of Serie A with, by three points, but Inter is surprisingly keeping them honest. Mm -hmm. Should be interesting to see how that one ends. Ronaldo's, in my opinion, will 
and obviously clearly having a better season now than he was last season. For sure, yeah. I think it was that whole thing of like getting used to the team. Yeah, I think that I think so too. And now he's sort of fine. He's sort of settled in mm-hmm. at the club. Also, now- he played like his whole career like um, English Premier League and then La Liga, which are two leagues that are very like attacking based, mm-hmm. and then the Italian leagues are very defensive. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I think it's just different. Like, mm-hmm. he had to face opponents that were, in my opinion, stronger defensively. Defensively, yeah. Then in La Liga, they spend more money on their, like, attacking yeah. players. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's been more criticism directed towards Joao Felix, isn't there? Joao Fe- yeah. Felix? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's just not, he's not playing worth, like, he's not playing the $126 million worth Atletico paid for him. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, we covered this as well a couple of weeks ago um, because he was injured earlier in the year. He just hasn't yeah, looked the same. He missed three weeks. He it was a little ankle injury. <laughs> okay, then yeah, we can't really yeah. use that as an excuse. I mean, I'm a Fika fan, so I've seen him. I saw him play like mm-hmm. that that season before um, Atletico bought him. Mm-hmm. He was so good. Like you don't understand, Benfica couldn't play well when he wasn't on the pitch they got so used to playing with him and then he had this great teamwork with um rafa and seferovic and it was so good and they were scoring every game and then he it comes to atletico and he played fine the thing is like preseason he played fine for atletico he like people were like wow like he's worth the money he's mm-hmm. playing okay and he's still adjusting but now i think it's gotten to the point where he's no longer adjusting and he's not playing as well so it's kind of a question of like People are questioning if he's actually putting in the effort or if he wants to like actually leave. Mm-hmm. And you and you were mentioning to me earlier that La Liga might not be the best league for him. Where do you think he should end up? I think he should end up um, probably at the EPL or France. France, okay. Do you have a specific team in mind? or? If he went to the EPL, I would say Man City. Ugh. Another, another Man City uh, uh, juggernaut. Come on, I'd... Where would you put him? Arsenal. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I got to try. Um, I'd probably put him, well, not at Liverpool or Man City. I'd probably um, send him to Chelsea because he is that sort of attacking player that they need. And they were looking to mm-hmm. offload Olivier Giroud and that they were trying to get in. I believe it was Dries Mertens. Um, so I'd, I'd, I would put him at Chelsea. See, I would put him Man City or or the Wolves. And here's, here's hear me out on the Wolves uh, okay, one. Okay, yeah. Wolves has a lot of um, Portuguese players mm-hmm. to the point that they call it the Portuguese team of England. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, and Man City, like Man City, he when he plays for the national team, you've seen him like his chemistry with um, Bernardo Silva is incredible. Okay. And they would be like, I think they'd be quite deadly. Killer, yeah. Um, for the Wolves, I think um, it's more of a feeling welcome type of thing because mm-hmm. he's around people that speak the language mm-hmm. and he he gets along with um Ruben Neves and Roy Patricio and all the other Portuguese players I think it's just for the Wolves it'd be more familiar mm-hmm. I think it gives like when I look at the Wolves play I, it gives me Benfica vibes sometimes mm-hmm. oh really interesting so I think that's why but also Man City like he'd just be killer with, with mm-hmm. um, Bernardo Silva yeah he'd be so good and just going back to the Wolves actually um it isn't one of the big six clubs in England so it does offer him that sort of you know, time away from the spotlight. Big so, fish in a small pond. Exactly. There you go. So that could actually work out pretty well for him until maybe he is ready to go to a bigger team and then maybe something might happen in the future. But uh, The one team I definitely wouldn't 
place him in is Liverpool. Oh no, no, it's, they don't. They, they don't want, need him. They, yeah, they don't need him, and they probably wouldn't. I mean, any, everyone would want him, but yeah, yeah, like you said, they don't need him. I mean, they have Salah, Firmino. Um, last season, we all saw Divac Origi do well for them when Salah and Firmino were out. So, I mean, for them, it'd be like, what's the point? You know, I always think back to like a couple of years ago when Liverpool bought. Um, do you remember uh, Lazar Markovic? Markovic. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They bought him from Benfica again. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Throwing that in there. No, no worries. Um, but he was incredible. Yeah. They bought him and they kept him on the bench two years. Didn't do nothing. Unloaded him to some other club. Did great there. Brought him back. Didn't do anything. Didn't do anything. They okay. kept him on the bench. Okay. To me, if I was a player, I would not want to go to one of those teams that you know you're going to be on the bench. Yeah. Because teams like Liverpool and like Real Madrid, Barcelona, those are the big fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're always going to use like tried and true players. Exactly. They're not going to risk it. On no, they're new. not. Well, I mean, they actually might be doing that because I think it was their um, their FA Cup matchup against Shrewsbury Town, which I believe is a third or fourth tier team in England. They said that. It was gonna be. It might be during the winter break, and that they would be using an under twenty three squad, and that Jurgen Klopp wouldn't even be there for that match, and none, and neither none of his senior players would be there. So it'd be pretty much an under twenty three squad that they would be fielding for that match. So hmm. interesting. They might have also just been super confident that that team was not good. <laughs> I mean, they drew the. They, I mean, the the Shrewsbury Town team ma- managed to draw with Liverpool. So, I mean, and that was with a a, a full strength team. So you know, if it's an under twenty three squad, who knows what might happen? You know. That's true. It should be interesting to see that one. So how about the NBA, TJ? What have you heard? Yeah, so the Raptors um, are currently, at the time of recording, they're currently on an 11-game win streak, which is the uh, most in franchise history. They've done it a couple times before. And um, the Raptors are playing the Pacers tomorrow night, uh, which is Wednesday. So by the time this goes out, it'll be last night that the Raptors played. Hopefully they got the win. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, they've gotten... They've got... They were, they were expected to not do so well this year because they lost Kawhi and Danny Green. But, you know, they're tying franchise records in points. They're second in the East with uh, a record of 36-14. Yes, they're six and a half games back of the Bucks, But, I mean, this is still a really good season so far. And, you know, I saw it online. They said um, 50 games into last season, their record was the exact same record they have right now. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So people who are saying they're not doing as well, you just you're letting the whole Kawhi thing cloud your judgment. It, yeah, it is. And I'll be honest, I didn't think they would do this well. I don't think anyone did, to be honest. But they've just blown everybody really? out of. Really? Am I the only? I think I kind of thought they'd be doing okay. I thought that because like Pascal Siakam, you could clearly see at the beginning of the season he was a machine. <laughs> oh yeah, he still is. I mean, still, oh, no. he's still Yeah, going. he still is. And there's also like Terrence Davis. He had 31 yeah. points on Sunday. He's so good. Yeah. Snubbed by the All-Stars. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of big snubs this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you mentioned Terrence Davis, uh, Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher also played really well from time to time because they had that period where like all the big guys were injured, like mm-hmm. Lowry. I think Siakam was injured at one point Lowry, as well. Lowry, Gasol, Ibaka. Yeah. Was Siakam injured? I think he was. Siakam was injured yeah. for like, I think a month or so. Yeah, they had a lot of guys out and they had like their, the bench really came in play and really stepped up. December. Yeah, that was a big month for the Raptors. I mean, they just came out and just blew everyone away. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be interesting. And then the All-Star game. Um, I mean, we could talk on and on about the snubs, but uh, 
I mean, that's going to be int- uh, it's 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 so weird. But it's nice that Siakam got a starting role and that Lowry is on the bench. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that the Raptors are getting two guys on there for uh, for Team Giannis. And Nick Nurse also is going to be the head coach for that. So that's I'm gonna so be, happy for Nick Nurse. It's so amazing. I mean, his first season, he wins a championship. Second season, he's now coaching the All-Star team, and one of the All-Star maybe, teams. maybe, who knows, second season might win the championship again. Yeah, who knows? Let's see what happens. Hey, like you said, the Raptors had the same record 50 games in, so and they were the second seed in the playoffs, and, and they currently are second place they now. They had Kawhi. If they don't have Kawhi now and it's the same record, like... That's pretty people, good. People won't give the Raptors enough, like, respect. No, I don't think, yeah. It's, it's funny because, uh, I mean, obviously we talked about Kawhi and all that, but... I mean, they've been they last year they needed him for sure because they mm-hmm. wanted to go for the top and they did. Now that he's gone, they they have that same mentality. They're still going for it because other guys have stepped up and filled the shoes of Kawhi. So it's gonna be I I can't wait for the playoffs to come around. I can't wait to see um, one who they're gonna play. Right now it seems like they're gonna play the Nets because they're in seventh place, but. It's going to be interesting to see how far the Raptors Oof. can go. I, I hope they if can they, make it. If they play the Nets, I'm going to get like 2014 playoff vibes. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, man. That's going to be fun. But that's, the Nets, But the Nets. I mean, they don't have um, Durant this year. So that, I think that's the saving grace for, for the Raptors because he's out all season with that ACL tear he suffered um, uh, in the finals last year. So, I mean, it's – I mean – there is some hope that the Raptors... Is he out all season? Because I heard the rumor that they, he might make it to towards the end of the first round really? of the playoffs. Okay, interesting. But I um, heard that like a while ago, and it was, like, I think only two sources that reported it, so I'm not too sure. Yeah, because it was actually an Achilles injury, not an ACL tear. That was um, Clay Thompson I was thinking of, actually. Um, but, no, it's uh, it, there, was some, there was some people saying that he was trying to make a... Uh, a return, but then other people are saying that he's not trying to. So, um, I mean, we'll only have to we'll have to wait and see how things go uh, later in the season. So, Durant's just he's one of those players that doesn't matter what team he's on. Like you just you don't want him to get hurt. Like yeah, no, just you don't. like heal. You'll be back next season. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're still young. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the Achilles injuries are pretty serious, right? Just like ACL. So, I mean, obviously he's out for the entire season. So, um. But yeah, it, it, he is one of those guys you genuinely don't want to see hurt, and that's why last year during the finals, when people were clapping when he got hurt, that that just left a really bad taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I felt really bad when people were clapping when yeah. he got injured because like it's Kevin Durant, like yeah, you can't hate that guy. Clay Thompson though, I didn't care for. No, I mean even Clay, I I, I liked Clay. I mean I was, I, I'll be honest, I was a little upset when he got injured, but I was also at the same time kind of happy because it was Game Six and it was pivotal moment and it was an accident so it's not like oh for me it wasn't even like it was game six the clay thompson thing was just because like he's been he what like was vocal about how like he doesn't like toronto doesn't like their fans and like all this oh really i missed that okay interesting So i was kind of just like sucks to be you (laughs) (laughs) okay i missed that okay then i'll have to see if i can track that down yeah i'll I'll see if i can find it for you later yeah also let's Um, see interesting it was because he also put a video um when they were in Toronto for uh, one of the playoff games Mm -hmm. and the fans were like booing from his hotel and they were like hope you have a bad night and he was like that is the nicest (laughs) now now it's all coming back that is the nicest trash talk ever do Canadians know how to trash talk now it's all coming back yeah I remember it now that that was pretty funny actually yeah but no it's it's gonna be interesting to see how far the Raptors can go this year and it's I mean, as things stand right now, they're going to hopefully have a rematch with the Bucks in the conference final. So hopefully it's mm-hmm. uh, going to be the same result. But 
that Milwaukee team with Giannis is is just unbelievable. I know it's going to be interesting, but they've built it around him. They, yeah, they have. They really have. They took their time. Yeah, I mean, got and, their players. Yeah, they got their guy, and now all of a sudden they're tops in the league. So we'll see what happens. Okay, so what's uh what's up with the NHL? Uh, so the Leafs played last night on Monday, and um. They unfortunately lost to the Florida Panthers 5-3, and because of that, Florida has now leapfrogged the Leafs into third place in the Atlantic Division. Um, As things stand, the Leafs are currently outside of a playoff spot thanks to that loss, Uh, but they're only out of it by one point, so, you know, there still could be something uh, happening going on later in the year, but uh, from what I've seen, the Leafs schedule does get, you know, potentially easier down the stretch, so we'll see how things go there. But the big thing from last night's loss was that starting goalie Frederick Anderson suffered um, what the team is calling an upper body injury. Um, the, the, uh, he, he did reportedly pass uh, concussion protocol, uh, so, and, that he'll be re- and then he'll be reevaluated uh, today, which is Tuesday. Um, so we'll see how things go there. But the Leafs have needed a, a goaltender for a while now besides Anderson. You know, they've had backups that come and go and it just hasn't worked out for them ever since the rebuild sort of ended if you will how long has he been their goalie he's been there since uh 2016 when they first got austin matthews um so it's it's been i mean the leafs have really like gone with like the leafs have that mentality of anderson or bust in goal Mm. and now that he's injured it's going to be interesting to see how they go because there's really no backup option. Michael Hutchinson hasn't done very well. Um, they've got a couple of guys in the Marlies who don't seem ready for NHL action yet. And uh, I think it was two years ago they traded away um, the one good backup they had in Kirk, Curtis McElhinney. So, um, you know, the Leafs are in a pretty precarious situation right now because they're all of a sudden vulnerable to to anyone really at this point um Hutchinson has improved his game lately but still it's not enough they need a better backup um who would you suggest uh I'd probably go someone along the lines along the lines of um along the lines of either Jack Campbell or uh or Alexander Georgiev from the Rangers um Jack Campbell is with the LA Kings right now um their starting goalie Jonathan Quick has a pretty much impossible to trade contract and they have a backup yeah i mean yeah he's got a really really big contract so is it like trade me or die no (laughs) no it's it's like he's so expensive that it would be like really hurting a salary cap that's how it's structured it's Uh, super hard to trade that contract so he's gonna stay with the kings until he retires um but the kings also have a pretty guy a pretty good guy cal peterson um knocking at the door with potentially quick retiring soon maybe so um it's gonna be interesting uh so i mean they've got a spare goaltender right now um so they might be willing to trade jack campbell to the leafs um who else uh and alexander georgiev he um the leafs have reportedly looked into him in the past because the rangers have pretty good goaltending depth with henrik lungfist and igor shestyorkin who's performed really well now and with henrik lungfist aging um It'll be interesting to see if they would be even willing to trade uh, Georgiev because Lundqvist is getting older and, you know, at some point he will decide to retire and his play will drop. So whether it'll be, whether the Rangers will be willing to part with one of their goaltenders it remains to be seen. I doubt they will, but the Leafs have reportedly looked into one of their goalies in the past. Maybe try looking again. 
All right, so Gabby, Super Bowl Sunday, did you watch it? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What'd you make of the Chiefs win? I was so I was so happy. Yeah. I was watching with my dad, and he has never watched a football game a day in his life. Okay. So he was like, oh, who are you going for? And I was like, oh, the Chiefs. And he was like, he'll go for the 49ers. And <laughs> just, then, just for the heck of it. Yeah. This beginning of the fourth quarter, he's like, see... I don't even I don't even watch football and I'll look at me and picking the right team. And I was like, You wait. You wait, buddy. <laughs> yeah, and I was right. Yeah, yeah, that Patrick Mahomes guy is pretty good at what he does. Um and he won Super Bowl MVP. I'll be honest, I don't think he should have won it. You don't? I don't think he should have won it. I think it should have been one of his receivers. Um you know, cause they I mean, yes, he made that big fourth quarter, but those receivers have been really I mean, they really helped him out. Um, like who do we have here? Um, Tyreek Hill, I think, should have gotten it. Um, 105 yards receiving. Um, he didn't score a touchdown, uh, but he did get 105 yards off nine catches. Uh, Sammy Watkins, 98 yards off five receptions. Um, you know, so I mean, it's those receivers really helped him out. And yeah, he made those you know two deep throws to them, and that's really what gave them a lot of yardage. But I mean, the first three quarters, he was nowhere. I mean, that, that Niners defense had really gotten him. He did a, I'm using basketball terms, like a turnover. Yeah. Like twice. No, yeah, he turned the ball over twice. He threw two interceptions. You know, it's, it was his first two ever interceptions in a post in the postseason. So, and he was, I think he was sacked four times as well. So, I, I mean, think that um, the argument that you're using, um, like he was nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. I think that could be used for both of why he would get MVP and why he wouldn't. Just because the fourth quarter, like, they, they couldn't have gotten those points without him. Yeah. But also in the first three quarters, like, he didn't, he didn't do nothing. Yeah, he was you know, he was really, really bad, and it was shaping up to be one of the worst games of his career. I saw someone on Twitter being like, oh, Patrick Mahomes got, like, a dose of steroids right before the fourth quarter. Really? I mean, it, <laughs> it was, like, night and day. Because, like, even at the start of the fourth quarter, he was still struggling. Then all of a sudden... Like it's turned on, and the Chiefs open things up. So, I, I mean, think it might be one of those things, or like you just have to like take a deep breath. I think nerves definitely got the best of him, mm-hmm, for sure. And you could tell the um, 49ers quarterback, I forgot his name, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, you could tell like he was so nervous as well in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, but he, I mean, he stepped up earlier, and that's what gave a lot of people. That's what gave Niners fans confidence. So, uh, I mean, had had the Niners won the, the Super Bowl, he would have gotten MVP for sure because. The, the whole build-up to this game was about the Niners rushing, but they were stopped very well by the Chiefs' defense, which was surprising. So Didn't they sack him? Yeah, uh, Garoppolo was sacked um, one time. He was also he also threw two interceptions. So, um, yeah, it was interesting because the whole build-up was about the Niners' rushing game, but their biggest rusher, Ricky Mostert, he only picked up 58 yards off 12 rushes. It's not a lot. You know, it's, it's so they, they really got to him. Um, and you know he he was it was they were nowhere really the 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 Niners rushing and it was Jimmy Garoppolo who coordinated with his receivers and he almost won them the game single handedly so you know it it should I'll be honest it was if the Niners had won it should have been Garoppolo who got MVP because he because he was largely before this game he was largely just a caretaker because it was all about the Niners rushing but. The rushing game wasn't working this time, so he went to the air, and he did really well. So, interesting to see. I mean, I think regardless of if you're, like, a 49ers fan or not, 
you just you can't help but be a little happy that like Big Red finally won a Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, I yeah I was so happy. You know, Andy Reid won, and even the Eagles were happy. I mean, they posted a, a congratulations tweet. Um, I think they said "Times yours, Andy," and they had a picture of him, and that just made me really really happy. You know, he. It was his 21st season, and he still hadn't won a Super Bowl. You know, you saw the players, like, celebrating on the sidelines mm-hmm. before the game was over, and he was, like, trying not to celebrate, but you could see, like, he's yeah. trying not to, like, he's trying to hold a smile back, but yeah. he's trying to, like, stay in game mode. Mm-hmm. And the second, like, like they called the game, it was, like, yeah. it was, like, his his life's dream. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah, it's, it was, I was just so happy for him. Um and going back to that, you know, even if you're a Niners fan, it was like, what in the world? Because the Niners defense, I mean, they had controlled Mahomes throughout the game, and all of a sudden they fell apart. You know, they couldn't, you know, he made two be- two huge confidence-building plays, and that got them over the line, and they... Do you think it's one of those things where, like, like the Chiefs, like, you know, like, they fight until the end, like, if they're down... Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean the game's over. I th- exactly. think it's one of those things where like the 49ers kind of just forgot that and they saw they were leading I by 10 into the fourth quarter and they were like, they're not going to catch up. I think it was like that because, I mean, we all saw what happened. They just fell apart. They couldn't control Mahomes. All of a sudden he broke out. They opened things up. And the Chiefs have a history of doing this. In, like in their previous two playoff games, they came from behind and won. So, and yeah, you're absolutely right. I think the Niners did forget that. And that's ultimately what ended up costing them the game, I think, so... I don't think it's um, like Jimmy Garoppolo and like his offensive team. Obviously, like their defensive team got cocky because like, yeah, you could they see did. Jimmy was still fighting at the end. He was, yeah. I like just the defensive team. It was kind of just they were like, oh, he's been playing like he hasn't been playing well all game. We'll just we got this. Yeah. Give him space. Yeah, you know and what's then, he gonna do? <laughs> yeah, and then he just takes over the whole game. Um, Made him look like fools. That's for sure. They, no, they did. He absolutely did. Well, that's the latest from the sports world. When we come back, we'll go into this week's hot sporting topic. This week's hot topic concerns the tragic loss of Los Angeles Lakers legend Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. The two were aboard Kobe's private helicopter when it crashed last weekend and were among the nine people on board who were killed. The outpouring of tributes observed by the 30 NBA teams as well as fans across the world show how loved and admired Kobe was, and his larger-than-life figure was celebrated by everyone who knew him, and even by those who didn't. So Gabby, what are your favorite memories of Kobe? Mine was his 81-point game against the Raptors, oh. <laughs> and uh, and let me tell you why, just because um, I was actually at that game. Oh really? Yeah, I was okay. seven. I was seven years old. Okay. It was 2006. I'm not too sure when it was. I know it was winter. Mm-hmm. Um, it was either probably sometime between December and February. Because mm-hmm. I know it was really cold out. Um, yeah, I was at that game. My dad's um, clients had tickets and he couldn't go to the game. So he okay. gave it to my dad, my mom, and I. Oh, that's nice. And yeah, I it was, was on was January there. 22nd, 2006. Yeah. yeah. And that was like my first ever basketball game was him oh, wow. dropping 81 wow. points, 80 points on the Raptors. It's a pretty good game. Yeah, and I was so confused. I was like, why Why are they letting him score that much? What? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was it was really cool. Yeah, that was a, a 122-104 win for the Lakers. So 81 points out of 122. That's, he carried. Yeah, he did. He was the team. He was the game. <laughs> like there was no one else, not even on the Raptors. Like, he almost scored as many points as the entire Raptors. <laughs> Literally. It still boggles my mind. 
how he was able to do that. But it also speaks to volumes of how poor the Raptors were that night. I think, you know... That was also like a time where they were poor in general. That's true. The Raptors only really started to get good around 2013. Yeah. I mean, they had a few moments of brilliance there when Chris Bosh was still there. But then after he left, it just went downhill from there. Um, But yeah, I think think my favorite memory of Kobe was... um, not, I wouldn't say his last game, but it was his last All-Star game when the, the, when the All-Star game was in Toronto. Um, he'd already announced that he'd be retiring at the end of the season, and um, and he was the leading vote-getter in that year's All-Star game. It wasn't even a, a Raptor because, I mean, you see it a lot with, you know, cities hosting the All-Star game. Their fans really get the votes out with, mm-hmm. um, uh, with trying to get their players into the All-Star game, but Kobe led that year in, in the votes, so, I mean... It was unbelievable, and he, when he was introduced, I remember when the Raptors PA announcer was introducing him, he just stood there, and he was like, had this like sheepish smile on his face, and I mean, yeah, that part was a little bit cocky, but I get it, you know, he he absolutely deserved to do that. Um, he's and like, he, this is mine. Yeah, this was, he's like, yeah, this was my moment, and the Raptors PA announcer was saying, this year's leading vote getter, five-time NBA champion, you know, and all, all of his like accomplishments, hi- accomplishments and highlights. And, you know, and then when he walked out, because Drake was, because uh, Drake was actually high-fiving all the players as they came out. Of course he was. Yeah. Um, but even he was, like, in awe of Kobe. And he had this, like, special, like, custom jacket made. And there was, like, a, a, a Lakers bit with Kobe on it. And it was unbelievable. He had this, like, god-like, phys- like, god-like aura about him. And... That's, that to me is just really, really sticks out. That even Drake would, like, when he's like high fiving all these guys and everything, even Drake was like, this guy is like amazing. <laughs> that, that sort of sticks out to me. I don't know. I think another moment that sticks out to me isn't even a basketball moment. It's when he won his Oscar for Best Short Film. Ah, okay. Dear yeah. Basketball mm-hmm. was literally, in my, I consider it to be one of the best short films ever. I think it's so raw and it's so. Like, you watch it, and it doesn't matter if you're a basketball fan or not, but you watch it, and you just, like, you feel everything that he's saying, mm-hmm. and you feel everything that he's feeling, and yeah. it's very good. I remember watching it. I was crying by the end of it. I'll, yeah. I'll fully admit to that. I was crying by the end of it, because it was it was nothing like I'd ever seen before. You know, he, it was this guy who was pouring out all this, inf- like, all the stuff, and it was just something really, really beautiful about it. Um... Yeah, and it was really. I think another memory of mine uh, with Kobe was um, this was sort of a, a lighter moment. Um, there, you know, you see all these like uh, Sports Center commercials in the U.S. How they're like you, they get the athletes in and they do all these like parody sort of stuff with them. They had this one where he was with a football player. I can't remember that football player's name, but it was like a, they had like this quote sort of like jokey media school, if you will. And it was Kobe in his Lakers jersey. I think he was wearing number eight at the time. And it was with a football player. And these, like, sports center anchors were like, okay, Kobe, you just, you know, there was a, uh, something that happened. And because the referee's decision, you lost the game. How, do you, how would you respond? And then Kobe said it was a, a bad call. And these sports, anchor, sports center anchors just went nuts. They were like, no, it was a beep, beep call it was so they, they just went crazy because they because they were thinking because they were telling him that's what you're supposed to do right but he, he just wasn't buying it he was like no it was a beep call it was a beep call and there was so much 
censoring in the ad. It was just so funny. And you just see Kobe looking at this football player like, are these guys for real? <laughs> like, really? Because um, they were both being um, sort of reserved. They were like, they were both being reserved. And I guess that's what the script said for them to do. But then these sports center anchors just like going nuts. And Kobe looking over at this guy like, wow. No, you know what that reminds me of? Kids, you see that interview he did with um, Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon? I can't remember. One of the Jimmys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was they showed him a they showed him a clip of like um, oh, what do I keep saying Nick Cannon? What's his name? Um, like Swaggy P. Oh yeah. Swaggy P. It was um, I'm like two other players. Mm-hmm. I have their names in the back of my head and I just can't get it out. Yeah. And they're celebrating after a game, and they're saying all this crazy stuff. And they're like, yeah, we're the best. We won. Although, like, after Kobe left, the, like, the Lakers were like, just no. like, that wasn't it for them. No. And they were celebrating, and it was, like, one of those things that, like, it looked like they were, like, drunk. <laughs> like, And it was after a game, and it was, like, one of those, like, post-game interviews yeah. on the court. Yeah. Jeremy Lin, is, that was oh, okay, he's yeah. also in the video. And they're celebrating. And they're showing Kobe, Kobe the video, and the camera just pans over at Kobe, and he's just, like, straight face looking at jimmy like <laughs> and jimmy's like so would that have happened if you were still on the team and he's just <laughs> straight face still looking at him like do you really think that would happen if i was on the team like <laughs> and it was so funny I'm gonna wow. show it. i gotta show it to you later it was yeah i'm gonna see if i can track that down uh, and find gonna, it it was the best <laughs> <laughs> it just shows like he he's so serious about basketball like, yeah that was a love of his yeah and, but yeah, I think another favorite Kobe memory of mine was is actually his last game because I remember his Lakers teammates were just trying to give him the ball so he could get points and just rack up the scoreboard uh, for his last game. I can't. Um, I'm trying to figure out how many points he got in his last game. Sixty. Sixty points over, um, uh, over fifty shots against the Utah Jazz. I remember it now. So it was a 101-96 win over Utah in his last game. Did you see what Gordon Hayward did? What did he game? do? So Kobe was doing um, his free throws, and mm-hmm. if he made the second free throw, it would have been 60 points. Okay. So what Hayward did is he put his foot in the key, ah. and he looked at the ref to make sure that if Kobe missed it, he'd get a chance to do it again so oh, he could reach the 60 points. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, yeah, I remember this because I think there was someone, I think it was Shannon Sharp. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, one of the ESPN like anchors put that mm-hmm. as their favorite memory. Yeah. Um, it was interesting because yeah, because he and it, it, I th- no, I think it was Mike Tirico. It was Mike Tirico who who claimed at the time that Hayward intentionally put his foot forward, but then Hayward actually said, "Oh no, I didn't do that. That was an accident." Oh. Um, yeah, so Mike Tirico then he should have just said he did it on purpose. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I mean it would be a nice sentimental thing, but it would also sort of diminish his reputation a little bit, I think, as a basketball player because he is pretty good, Gordon Hayward. So, mm-hmm. but then because. Um, recently after Kobe passed away last weekend, Gordon Hayward said, I didn't do it on purpose. It was an accident. And then Mike Tirico apologized, and then that sort of cleared things up. But, um, yeah, that was interesting. That last game was was really special. And then his last two words on the uh, in the speech afterwards, Mamba out. Oh. That was really, really something. And then the the Lakers tribute um, on on Friday. That, that was really, really special, especially when they were showing his highlights and he was narrating them in the background. That was really, really, that was really, really cool. And then LeBron had, he said, I had 
I had a script prepared, but I'd be selling you guys short if I just used that. So mm-hmm. that was really something special. Speaking of, um, you know, reputations, we've been kind of struggling whether or not to bring this up. Yeah. So, you know, Kobe has this obviously like larger than life, you know, legacy, but um, he does have a, a, a bit of a checkered past. Um, you know, he was accused of rape in 2003 and the case was settled out of court. And in the midst of all of this, you know, all of these tributes to Kobe, um, there has been a discussion about whether this rape charge does taint his legacy a little bit. Um, I mean, it's, it is a sensitive issue and we do want to be respectful about that, but it does sort of raise the, raise the larger question. If someone is celebrated like Kobe was and, but they do have a bit of a checkered past, when's the right time to bring up that past? especially if they have sort of recently passed away. Yeah, because sometimes you, you want to be respectful towards their family and not bring it up, but there's also that, like, black cloud that is kind of looming over, and you're like, do we bring it up or Yeah, not? yeah, and I was having a chat about this with uh, with someone yesterday. Um, you know, I, I, I recall seeing that article just a couple of days after he had passed away um, because there were some, because the writer of the article had said, um, you know, people were celebrating Kobe's um, life and his career as they should, um, but there was no mention at all about his about this rape charge in two thousand three, and um, the case was eventually settled out of court. Um, but they were wondering when was the right time to bring it up because people weren't bringing it up at all, um, and it was only a couple of days afterwards. Um, some people were saying that it should never have been brought up which I don't think is the case, to be honest. There's something, that if someone has a checkered past, it does need to be, you know, brought up at some point. You can't just ignore it and put it under the rug and say, just ignore it like that. Uh, that's, but that's my thoughts. What are your thoughts on it, Gabby? Um, well, I, 2003 would have been four, so I mm-hmm. don't really know how big of a thing that was when it came out. Yeah. Um, I, the only thing I can compare it to is like the Cristiano Ronaldo allegation. Oh, right, right. Um, which um, he won. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of that thing that like that's gonna be like talked about as well forever, yeah. and no one knows if it was true or not. And mm-hmm. that's the thing with Kobe; no one knows if it was true or not. Yeah. So you kind of like the way that I see it, and the way that I saw someone um, talk about it online is kind of like, do you remember like the Salem witch trials? Yes. How um, women would just women would just like turn down men, and then men would be like, ah, she turned me down, she's a witch. Yeah, And yeah. then they just burned her. They never got her opinion, mm-hmm. they never got her yeah. um, her side of the story. Mm-hmm. That's the thing with me when it comes to athletes being accused of rape. I think that I'm, it's hard for me to say this, but like, I definitely agree with what the women are saying. Like, where there's smoke, there's definitely fire. Absolutely. But at the same time, these are public figures, and it's easier for people to believe that they did it mm-hmm. so it's it's just one of those things where like you don't you don't no one knows what happened and yeah. if no one knows what happened then you probably just shouldn't bring it up okay but i mean i i think it should be, i don't know because it is a tricky situation because we have i mean someone has this sort of black cloud as you said hanging over them but then you know they, they're now that they're gone you know, it's it's all of a sudden this is. I think thing. if I think if they are gonna bring it up, like wait until he's been gone longer than within the first week of him being gone, because okay. I think like you want to give the family 
like his family that respect of like mm-hmm. let them grieve don't let don't start throwing mm-hmm. mud on top of them yeah. while, like like don't kick them while they're down already mm-hmm. kind of no i get that yeah how long would you give it i would because kobe was such a public figure and because of all the um tributes that have happened and i don't think anyone ex- was expecting this many people to be upset about it mm-hmm. i would probably wait like a month a month okay interesting but yeah, I do think a couple days was too soon. Now that now in retrospect, thinking about everything that's happened, I remember. Like, can you imagine being like Vanessa Bryant or? Yeah, I can. And yeah. people bringing that up, I would, like, that would break me. Yeah, I mean, she didn't. I mean, she posted a statement a lo- a while after after the crash. So I mean, it's not. I mean. Four days later. Yeah, four days later. There you go. So it wasn't. Um, you know, it, it wasn't. You know obviously it wasn't the first thing on her mind this whole sort of thing but uh to be fair though this um this article was like one of like the it was the only article i saw about this situation so because everything was still largely celebratory of his life and his career and understandably so Mm -hmm. but it was just this one article that sort of got me thinking like when is the right time to bring it up so interesting you said a month i would have probably waited maybe couple weeks maybe that would just be me i think it's about like letting the family grieve yeah it is and then once i think once the family starts making like public appearances again then you can bring it up then yeah that's true that's that's actually a good point and you mentioned vanessa bryant let's go to a lighter subject now Mm -hmm. uh uh, relating to kobe um you mentioned vanessa bryant there were a lot of tributes outside the staples center um what's the latest on that so um by law um, I don't know if it's California law or just U.S. law. Mm-hmm. Um, tributes can only stay out for a week, and then you've got to pack it up, okay. take everything out. Okay. So at the Staples Center is doing, they're taking all the flowers that were left, and mm-hmm. they're gonna compost them around um, Los Angeles. Oh, that's nice. Which is really good. That's nice. And then what Vanessa Bryant did, um, has asked the Staples Center to do is to send anything that isn't flowers, so like candles, stuffed animals, jerseys, everything. Send it to her and there were she, a lot of basketballs as well from yeah what I heard. she wants everything that people left sent to her Interesting. and what the staple center is doing for her is they're actually labeling it themselves oh wow and sending it themselves and paying for the cost themselves wow interesting yeah. that's that's really interesting because i don't know what she's gonna do with all that stuff yeah I'm, I'm just thinking i mean i mean we're, I mean, we're not gonna argue with her no, on what she wants to do with them, but it does i mean i wonder what maybe she'll set up like a museum or something i don't maybe. know maybe that that would be really interesting because I mean, if there was something that people could go to to see how much people gave, you know, what all people gave and how much they gave and how much he meant to them, that would be really, really cool to see. It would be like an annual sort of pilgrimage site. It's sort of like one of those things to see before you die, I think, if that I were think the case. I think it's also like helping her find comfort in the fact that that many people loved her husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she knows that like it's obviously the biggest loss for her but it was also a loss for everyone else Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's one of those things of just like trying to help her heal Mm -hmm. and we've been talking about kobe all this time but um but his 13 year old daughter Gigi, i mean she was a a pretty good basketball player in her own right she was one of the she was one of those who were uh in kobe's mamba academy Mm -hmm. um i mean she had such a bright future ahead of her she wanted to play in the wnba i mean she wanted to play for uconn and um yeah for UConn, right? I yeah, think I think it was UConn, and it makes sense because they, Huskies. Yeah, they have the. I think they have one of the best women's um, college programs in the U.S. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense. She absolutely could very well have gotten there. Oh yeah. Um, because she was that good, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame, you know. And we also should mention that, um, like like we mentioned earlier, there were seven other people on the flight, and they will be sorely missed by their families as well. Yes, and um, LeBron James has actually said that for the All-Star game, he will be wearing number two, which is uh, Gigi's uh, basketball number. Oh, that's nice. But, yeah, that's, it's really nice to see how much Kobe was loved. And, yes, it may be. Uh, it may have been over a week since since Kobe has passed, but his legacy was so big that you know it'll live on forever. It will, you know. He was one of those. He was one of those people that was never supposed to die. He never was. Supposed I honestly, to go. it never crossed my mind like Kobe could ever die. Like yeah, I mean, I I talked to a bunch of people about it, and they honestly wanted him to live forever. He was one of those guys that was supposed to live forever, but um, yeah, it's just it's just a shame how how life can sort of change in the in the blink of an eye and that's all the time we have on this week's episode of the sheridan scoreboard thank you so much for listening to this week's episode for those of you who, who are listening to the first time hopefully this gives you a taste of what's to come in the coming weeks and months if you would like to suggest hot topics for us to discuss or if you would like to comment on something else feel free to email us at sheridansun at gmail.com. You can also follow The Sheridan Sun on Facebook and Twitter at The Sheridan Sun and as well as Instagram at Sheridan Sun News. A big thank you to The Sheridan Sun for giving the green light for the podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of The Sheridan Scoreboard. Until next time, I'm Gabby Estevez. And I'm TJ Deer. Thanks for listening.